0: so lost and afraid when i'm in the dark and can't seem to find my way when i'm feeling lonely in the dead of the night i remember the promise you will be my 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 life i
1: and welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song?
2: Standing, I would like to us to start out sharing what I call that theological premise or truth that we shared last week. So you're gonna see it up on the screen. Would you read this out loud together with me? God's grace is greater than any and all sin. His grace, his mercy is greater than any and all sin. I now want to share with you the quote theological truth for today that we're gonna be talking about. And if I can have that up on the screen, let's say this out loud. It's a little bit longer, so you've got to really be looking at those words. God is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-wise, and all-loving, and is able to bring about his will, even navigating through any and all sin. That's the God we know and love. And uh, the scripture reading for today, actually, we're going to do in a responsive reading way, so you're going to see... Uh, a bolded section, and that's what you get to read. Uh, So we're going to go back and forth as we read a portion of Psalm 47. Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves, Selah. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth, sing praises with a psalm reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people gather as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. God's word for us. You may be seated.
1: Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, good morning and thank you for this morning. Thank you for this opportunity to come together as a family of believers and worship you, the one true mighty king. In the name of Jesus, we ask that this service just be holy and pleasing to your sight. And through the music, through the serving, through the listening and the learning and the teaching, God, may you be praised. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
3: Boys and girls, come on up front. Come on up here. It's time for the kids' message. Find a seat up here on the floor. And I'm going to need one volunteer to help me today, but I want a volunteer who has not been up here to help me with anything yet. So go ahead and have a seat. Raise your hand if you have not helped me with anything yet and you would like to. All right, come on up. So, thanks for coming up to help. I've got a table here. I've got two gift bags, all right? And you get to decide, don't peek, you get to decide which one you would like to have what's inside of it, all right? All right. What's in it? I don't know. We're going to find out. Well, I do know, but we are going to find out. So, if you could pick between the two, which one would you like to have what's inside? That one? Yeah, are you sure? Why'd you pick this one?
4: Just because of the way
3: it looks, that doesn't mean that there's nothing good in it. Uh-huh, that's a good point. Just because of the way it looks, it doesn't mean there's something, that there's not anything good in it. So, all right, go ahead. Take out what's in there. Ooh, what you got? Kit-cat. Kit A king-size Kit Kat. Awesome. That's pretty good. Now you've got a chance. You can keep that or trade it for what's in this one. Do you want to keep what you have or do you want to trade it for what's in the other bag? I'll keep it. You're going to keep it? All right. Well, should we check and see what's in this bag? All right, let's see. See if you made a good choice or not. Do you think you did? Look what's in there, a king-size Kit-Kat, again, so it really didn't matter which one you chose, did it, or or do you think, do you still think they're pretty good, what do you think? They're equal, aren't they? Yeah, all right, so now which one do you want? That one? All right, you can have that one. Go ahead and have a seat, thanks for your help. All right, you know what boys and girls, she made a really good point. It didn't matter, did it, what it looked like on the outside, right? But you know what sometimes we can we can judge and choose by what's on the outside how it looks on the outside right but just like we saw it was equal value on the inside and you know what when Jesus chooses us he doesn't look on the outside we don't have to look a certain way or be good at sports or school be the most popular or get the best grades Jesus chooses us and that's what makes us valuable Just like when she chose the one she chose, it was valuable. It didn't matter which one she chose because you know what? God loves us so much that he chooses us. Jesus came into this world to die for you and me, to give his life raised from the grave alive so that he could rescue us because he loves us so much. So take a look to your left. Look at the person to your left. All right, look at the person to your right. You know what? Every single person you ever see, is someone who is loved and special by God, someone who Jesus came to rescue. So you know what, just like we can remember that we are loved and special by God, we can share that with other people too. We get to show people, we get to tell people that they are loved and special to God too. No matter what we look like on the outside, whether fancy or not, right, it doesn't matter. God loves us for who we are and he chooses us To be with him forever how amazing is that right so remember that and share that with people and remember every time you see anybody when you go back to school go outside these doors anyone ever they are loved and special to god all right will you pray with me we'll fold our hands and you can repeat after me lord god thank you for choosing me and calling me special not because the good things I do, or because of the bad, but because you love me. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head on back to your seats.
2: And good morning to all as we gather in God's house. A very special welcome to our guests. Uh, we do want to get to know you, so there's a couple ways for you to do that. You can either text 1C Guest to 94000. You could stop over at the um, uh, Next Steps counter, which is in Family Gathering area. I'd like to meet you, greet you, and give you a gift. A couple things as we go forward in worship today. We, um, we have the gift of prayer. God has given that for us. Um, and we give you an opportunity, if you would like to include a prayer in the worship service. You could use your smartphone, and you can actually type... Uh, text it to 402 242 5051 and it will be included in worship today. Um, also, uh, we do have communion. And at 1C, we believe it is a gift from God. It is bread, wine, body, and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. So if you would um, like to receive that gift, feel free. Um, a little bit later, as we get closer to communion, you will see a slide up there that talks about, you know, again, what we believe and your invitation to come and receive. A couple other announcements as we move forward. Uh, We talked last week about August 13th. That is uh, when we're gonna do a backpack blessing. So if you're a student at any age, we'll just say all the way as young as whatever, all the way into college, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, During the kids' message, we will want you to come forward and we will uh, have a message for you and a prayer for you. And if you're part of the teaching staff in any capacity, Uh, After that, we're going to invite you to to stand, and we're just going to pray over you as we embark on another year of school and ministry. Um, Other than that, we're going to have the joy baskets, and I say this every single week, remember, 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 God has blessed you. He has. And his blessing is very personal, very unique. All of our blessings are different, and what he wants us to do is to say thank you. All right, we did that as we sang our songs. We do it when we pray our prayers. We do it when we serve. When you use your gifts and abilities to help others, that's a way to say thank you. And it's also when we give up our tithes, our offerings, our money. Uh, That is, uh, again, an opportunity for us to say thank you. So we just ask you to pray about that and ask the Lord, how do you want me to say thank you? In what way? And then follow his lead. Uh, That's it for announcements. May God bless our time together as we worship this great and glorious God. As I mentioned a moment ago, we're going we're to have Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper. It's a way in which God feeds you and me with not just bread and wine, but it's this precious gift of Jesus' body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. And we all need forgiveness of sins. Not a single one of us um, is, um, can avoid that. It's just part of who we are. And one of the things that is really good for us to do, because the Bible tells us to do it, is to examine ourselves or to confess that we are sinners and we need his mercy and forgiveness. So would you join with me as we pray the prayer? Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done, Amen. And the good news is very simple, yet life-changing. Because of Jesus Christ, because of his suffering, death, and resurrection, we have forgiveness of sins and life with him forever. So may this good news of God's love for you and me give us a hope and a joy that will just keep us going through this life confident of him. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. We continue now with the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life for ministry for mission, all for the glory of God go in his name and in his love amen
5: let's go to God in prayer this morning Father we just thank you that we can come to you that you hear us that your grace and mercy is always there a prayer for a sister with a heart surgery yesterday that she continues to do better and heal quickly Prayers for a nephew with an emergency heart surgery yesterday also. Lord, be with him and the doctors and guide them. Prayers for problems. We just lift him up. And for all these, Father, these three, that you just bring healing into their bodies. Lord, we just thank you for all the things you've given unto us and that you hear us. The prayers spoken and unspoken help us to lay all of our problems at your feet and to trust you. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer that he taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
2: Under the category of you just can't make this up is the book of Genesis. Honestly, story after story, as we make our way through this book called Genesis, we find one thing after another where it's like, I I just can't believe it. I mean, there's drama, there's intrigue, there's suspense, there's perversion, there's the unknown. I mean, so many things are woven through all of that. And that's where we're at today with the story of Leah and Rachel. But as uh, we did a little bit earlier, I want to do it again. I do believe that these theological truths shape our thinking and our life. So I want to put them in front of you again. I would like for you to say them together with me. Uh, The very first one is God's grace is greater than any and all sin. Would you say it one more time? God's grace is greater than any and all sin. Now when we put that into context, we really need to go back to the very beginning of time. We go back to when God made Adam and Eve, and we saw Adam and Eve disobeying God, and they did their thing, right? And sin came into the world. And ever since then, we've been dealing with sin. That's why I don't want us to forget, yes, the sin that happened, but also the promise of God that we find in Genesis 3.15 where God is now speaking to the serpent, to the one who deceived Adam and Eve, the one who pushed them and encouraged them to go against what God said. God said these words, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Again, maybe if you've heard, maybe heard these words for the first time, it seems a little strange but uh, you talk, I've talked about the Passion of the Christ, you know, that movie that came out a long time ago. I think they capture that moment so well when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and there is a serpent kind of slithering through and the character that plays Jesus goes like this. That is what happened when Jesus came to this earth. When Jesus came to this earth with a purpose, yes, to seek to save the lost, that's you and me, but he needed to suffer and die and rise again. So we keep that in the framework always, that God makes a promise, but he always keeps his promise. And that whole idea, again, that God's grace is greater than any and all sin. Okay? Now, we're going to do what I call the second one, and... I like this one. I wrote it myself. And I'm going to give you a one-word summary of what this is after this. But let's say this out loud again. God is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-wise, and all-loving. And is able to bring about His will, even navigating through any and all sin. And the word, at least this is my definition, right, this, this definition is of the word sovereign. When we think about God and we use that term, I'm just going to tell you, people have different definitions. But when I believe God is sovereign, it means his will will be done. We just prayed that, right? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the tricky part, this is where God being sovereign, his will is going to be done, but he has to sometimes navigate through all kinds of stuff. That's why when I I said this, I think last week, the two greatest gifts that God has ever given, number one is Jesus. All that he did for people like you and me. That is the greatest gift. The second greatest gift is free will. But that second greatest gift gets us in trouble all too often. It did with Adam and Eve, and it does for you and me on a constant basis. But God does his thing. And we've seen some things already. And we're going to see some more things as we go through the book of Genesis. So look at the list. Adam and Noah, Shem, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Last week and this week. We're going to even see it next week. I mean, Jacob's a pretty key figure in this storyline. And then we get to Judah. Again, one of the 12 sons. One of the 12 tribes. But through that son and through that tribe, we're going to get the promised Messiah named Jesus. And then we see that arrow that points forward. God is still navigating today. He is still moving in and through and even in spite of people like you and me. That's the kind of God that we come to worship. When we say sovereign, I just hope you can kind of put that in your head, that He will have his will be done. No matter how crazy this world is, no matter how chaotic that this world is, he will have his will be done. Ready? We're going to do it again. Out loud, like you believe it. God is all powerful, all knowing, all wise, and all loving and is able to bring about his will, even navigating through any and all sin. So now we're going to stop at a, um, I'll just say a very interesting story. Uh, The characters involved will be Jacob. Okay, remember? Jacob. Jacob and Esau, remember? Twins. And uh, Esau was supposed to get the blessing, but Jacob deceived, and mom you know, was kind of involved, and they tricked Isaac, and I mean, it's just all kind of really kind of strange, but uh, now we're, we're here, and we're going to jump into Genesis twenty-seven, forty-one, and we're going to see part of the drama that's going on, and this is an this is important part. Now, Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are approaching, then I will kill my brother Jacob. Remember, Esau sold his birthright for what? Does anybody remember? For soup. I mean, that says something, doesn't it? That his, quote, hunger, being so famished, was more important than the birthright And he did, but now he, it seems like he's having second thoughts, maybe regrets. I don't, I don't know, but you could see the bitterness that is starting to brew within Esau. So now he gets a little advice from mom. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to Laban, my brother in Haran, and stay with him a while. Until your brother's fury turns away, and then we go into the next chapter, and we have Dad now speaking. And this is an important uh, point. All right, this is a so the birthright was given over. Um, God now is navigating. Right, remember He's working through all of this, even through that terrible deceit with Rebekah and Esau to dad. I mean, it was just terrible. God is still going to bring about his will, and he's going to use somebody named Jacob, and we find this promise, this blessing. Um, it's really like a messianic prophecy. It's a, this is about the Savior to come. God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you. And just to stop there, remember, we talked about this before. How many times did God just say, be fruitful and multiply? Remember the reason why. It's not just so we populate the earth. I mean, that's what it sounds like. It's much more than that. You see, God wants his glory, which was kind of put into humanity. He said, you know, I'm going to make man in my image, right? He wants that to get out. He wants it to be out into this world. So now it's being reasserted. Right here, in a very powerful way. Make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may become a company of peoples. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you. Again, beautiful words, beautiful promise. God is at work. It's being reminded again, Isaac to his son. And... uh, we have it. Then we have, uh, thus Isaac sent Jacob away. So both mom and dad are seeing what's going on and the danger that maybe Esau would bring upon Jacob. So then he sent Jacob away and he sent him to Padam Aram to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Armenian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. So off he goes. Now here we get to uh, verse 1 of chapter 29, so we're kind of skipping some of the stuff for time's sake, but uh, read, read the story. Go into chapter 28, 29. It says, then Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. Jacob is now on his journey. It's interesting what the Bible tells us. And I'll just say, at first glance, when I read this, it was like, okay, this is natural. Mom and dad both told him to get out and get going because he saw, you know, this is not going to be good. Go. And we find that he went out on his journey and came to the land of the people of East. Do you notice something that's maybe missing? I didn't catch it until, again, reading different pastors and commentators doesn't sound very spiritual now. You don't see him praising the Lord. You don't see him praying to God. He's just going to start going. And maybe part of it is that he's on a mission. What's the mission? To get a wife. To get a bride. And maybe well-intentioned, right? Because again... Here's the promise. And the only way this is going to happen for this to kind of be fruitful and multiply thing that, you know, his dad was saying is you've got to find somebody. And I just want to pause and just reflect on this for a second. How many times in our life when we feel an urgency to do something or go somewhere or whatever you want to fill in the blank, where we just kind of go and do it and maybe we don't stop in our tracks First. And say, Lord, I'm on this journey, and I desire your power, your presence, your leading, your guiding. I mean, you know, maybe that's what he did, but we don't have it recorded in Scripture. It's almost as if, again, he's on a mission, and He's starts going. So, just a, just a thought. I'll just say, whenever you are moving from one thing to the next, whatever that is, I think praying to God is a really good first step. Praising God and acknowledging who He is as an all powerful, all loving, all wise, whatever that list I had. You know, when we stop in our tracks and we remember that before we take our next step, it really is a good thing, always. Now we get to verses two and three. As He looked, he saw a well in the field, and behold, three flocks of sheep lying beside it. For out of that well the flocks were, wa- were watered. The stone on the well's mouth was large. Don't underestimate large. Okay? It just says large. And then we're told, get a little hint here, when all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds, plural, not just one, but the shepherds would roll the stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep and put the stone back in its place over the mouth of the well. And I think that's recorded for our purposes so we understand that this is a pretty big thing. This is important, right? I'll just say water for sheep is important. But also they're just saying that you know this well, in order to kind of keep it somewhat sanitary and safe... There's this really gigantic stone that covers it. And that you just can't go and kind of go like, okay. Or lift it over and just get your... It needs shepherds. Jacob said to them, My brothers, where do you come from? They said, We are from Haran. He said to them, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? They said, We know him. He said to them, Is it well with him? They said, it is well. And see, Rachel, his daughter, is coming with the sheep. He said, behold, it is still high day. It is not time for the livestock to be gathered together. Water the sheep and go pasture them. Um, I don't know if this is what's happening. I'm just kind of conjecturing. He sees Rachel and we're, we find out that he is like, oh my goodness. He's, I mean, he's just like in love with her. It's almost as if he's trying to get these shepherds away. You go do your thing, right? Go do your thing. But they said, we cannot until all the flocks are gathered together and the stone is rolled from the mouth of the well. Then we water the sheep. Verse, uh, now we're going, uh, verses 9 to 10. While he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. Now as soon as Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob came near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. All right. It's time for Macho Jacob to show off for this girl. It's almost like, I mean, again, it's really big, and normally it's shepherds that do it, but we find that Jacob is going to go like, okay, watch this. Watch these, you know, and he just does his thing, wondering if he's kind of looking, is he watching, and and he does it. Again, on a mission. And then verse 11, and I'm going to give you a hint. This is the first and perhaps the only time in scriptures that you see this described. Then Jacob kissed Rachel. You won't find a lot of times a man kissing a woman who is not a relative. Well, she's kind of a relative, right? But this is really unique. And then it says, and wept out loud. Not sure what she's thinking. It's almost like the time when uh, um, Kristen, um, I I did the manly thing, right? I asked somebody else to see if she would be willing to go out with me before I would do it. You know how that works, right? And so I go up to her. This is after a a Bible class um, that I was leading, and she happened, she was there, and I said, uh, "Would you, would you like to go out?" And she said, yes. And then I fell to the floor. She said she didn't even know what to do. I didn't even know why I fell to the floor. I did did it maybe just to be funny. But can you imagine this moment? I mean, it's not done a lot. All of a sudden, he crosses really this line because he is so moved. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's kinsman and that he was Rebecca's son And she ran and told her father. As soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. Again, kissing. Now this was... Jacob then told Laban all these things and Laban said to him, Surely you are bone in my flesh. And he stayed with him a month. And he was working. He was doing his thing. Jacob begins to work for Laban. And now I'm going to summarize, uh, there's a lot of text here that we can go into. But here's what happens in a little summary of uh, verse 18. After Laban asked Jacob what his wages would be, it is noted that Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. Okay. Okay. Little comment about that. Two daughters, right? Leah and we have Rachel. Leah is the older daughter. Rachel is the younger daughter. Culture and tradition would say the oldest gets married first. That's the way it works. But that's not what Jacob wants. And if you read the descriptions of the two, maybe you would understand why. Leah, according to the, the scriptures, and again, if you go to different commentaries, they all say it a little bit different. Some will say that Leah had weak eyes. If you dig a little bit deeper, um, it may not mean like weak eyes as in, boy, she just can't see. It could, we don't know. It also can mean, and I wrote down some of the other definitions, weak, ordinary, delicate. And I'm, I'm choosing to believe maybe it was tender eyes. She just was so sincere and so, that's kind of what I'm picturing, that she just was like that. But then you can compare Leah with Rachel, where the Bible says she was shapely and beautiful. Just picture what you think that means, right? And she caught Jacob's eye. It's like, that's who I want. And so, he is now going to work seven years in order to get this girl. Okay? Now, here's a summary. When those seven years are over, the father deceives Jacob and gives him the older sister Leah. Again, this is like made for TV movie stuff, right? You could picture there's a feast going on, there's a lot of partying going on, maybe even drinking going on. I don't know. And all of a sudden, it happens. Instead, on his wedding night, I mean, he gets Leah. After figuring out what happened, can you imagine, I mean, you know, wakes up and goes, Oh, weak eyes. Not Rachel. Oh, my goodness. Jacob is then married to Rachel a week later, but only after he promises to work another seven years for Laban. I mean, just think about the, the. I'll just say the good thing about Jacob is Oh, my, what, what is he willing to do in order to get this gal? He's pulling out all stops. Once again, a Jim Thielen and Kristen storyline, right? I'm starting to date Kristen. So we get past the me falling down and being kind of goofy, and we start dating, We're, you know. I go over to her house on a Sunday for lunch. All right? We'll just say it's fall time. I can't remember exactly when it was, but I do remember that the Green Bay Packers were on TV. Now this is a very Christian family. Emphasize, very. And so after church, you know, they all do the church thing, which at that point I was starting to learn how to do, and it was, you know, I was doing it. Um, They all sit down around the table. Now what time normally, does the first game for NFL start? Noon. So, already, I'm compromising a priority because I love this girl so much. So, we sit there, and I'm thinking, all right, maybe I can get to watch the the second quarter, maybe halftime, maybe, you know, I don't know. I mean, we'll just see how it works. We sit there, not for 30 minutes, Not for an hour, not for 90 minutes, not for two hours, not for two and a half hours, but three hours we're all sitting at this table. You're talking about Jacob. I gave a lot too. (laughs) Not really. And then even at that point, you know, I was going to be Superman, I offered to do dishes, once I got the bride, once I got the prize, I didn't quite do it as much. Anyways, we see a story and a love that Jacob has for Rachel, as twisted as it is. Right? That's why I've got this little phrase here: "What goes, a, what goes around, comes around." Do you remember? Now, he was deceived, right? He was supposed to get Rachel, but he got who? Leah. What goes around comes around. Esau was supposed to get the birthright. But Jacob deceives his dad. Really, this idea of sin, it is, it's just real. It just is so real. So it looks like all this kind of deceit is going to distort what God wants to do And remember what God wants to do goes back to Genesis 3.15. At that very moment, at that very time, he wants to bring about uh, salvation. He wants to restore us. So he's going to send his son who's going to crush Satan. And as it's going through the history of the world, it looks like moments like this where deceit is going to win. And yet God somehow, in a really cool way, does his thing. So, would you read this out loud again? God is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-wise, and all-loving, and is able to bring about his will, even navigating through any and all sin. And we see that list, and I just want you to look at the word today. Today. I hope that you believe in a God who is so committed to your salvation and also to your blessings, in you, but also through you, That he's going to keep working and navigate through all kinds of yuck that's in this world, and yuck that's in my heart, and yuck that's in your heart. He is going to keep on doing his thing. And I came across Romans 8, and this is, again, a different version of this. I believe I grabbed the message. Um, It says it different. And I love it. It says, God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. He wants to shape people to be like his son. And he's going to do all sorts of things, right? The son stands first in the line of humanity he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. After God made that decision of what his children should be like, he followed it up by calling people by name. He calls you by name. He knows you. He loves you. He calls you into his family. After he called them by name, he set them on a solid basis with himself. And then, after getting them established, he stayed with them to the end, gloriously completing what he had begun. He is at work and no matter how much sin there is, he can navigate through all of that to bring about his will. When we think about the story of Jacob, and this is a very important part of the storyline, right? Because if you look at this, you know, we have Leah and Rachel, we have that story going on of these two sisters. And if you think of how it should work out, it was Leah, the one that wasn't wanted. That God decided to bring a son through Leah. And I'm not going to get into all the details, read it, it's really great. But through Leah, Judah is going to be born. The fourth child that Leah bears. And then she just rejoices and says, I will praise the Lord. And then we're told that she stopped having children. So God was working all the way through. And I think about that moment when he meets, he meets Rachel for the first time at a well. And it made me go back to John chapter 4. Remember the, the Samaritan woman at the well? Remember, I love how the Chosen video series depicts the story. It's just beautiful. Here's a woman that is just broken and Jesus meets her and he says everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life and that's what he wants to say to you and me. If you're thirsty here today, if you're parched because of quote the sin in the world and your own personal sin. Jesus says, I will give you water. I will quench your thirst in a way that the world cannot. Drink from me. Learn from me. Be blessed by me. Because God is good. Amen? Let's stand. Let me give you the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
1: One. Two. One, two,
6: three, four. There's a reason I can see there's a reason for this life inside me one name above all names jesus yes it's jesus there's a
0: i in-
4: It's hard for me to believe that I've got nothing to prove. I thought this dirt on my hands was gonna keep me from you. I fall as much as our eyes. Feels like my. Surprise. I'm done with what he started. He's not done until it's good.
7: It's not hard to give the glory to the one who changed my life. i've been on my own now i know that i'm not alone you're giving me a reason to carry on to carry on Yeah, yeah yeah everything is dead
0: business with